I'm Father Ron Shipley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. This podcast homily for Septuagesima Sunday is the first in a series of three podcast homilies for Jessima season. It is part of the AIC series of homilies for all the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC's continuing celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is an excerpt from Allegre's Miserere May, used under license from Lynn Publishing. It is the theme used for the companion AIC seasonal video series Jessima, the Sundays of Pre-Lent. Listeners may benefit from the AIC seasonal video series Jessima, the pre-Lenten season, presented in two episodes, each linked from the digital library page, with the MP3 podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. This series offers a brief history of Jessima's season, including the origin and meaning of the names, Anglican traditions of Jessima or pre-Lent, if you prefer, including the seasonal color and commentary on the collect, epistle, and gospel readings for the three Sundays in the season in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The collect, epistle, and gospel readings for Septuagesima Sunday are discussed in Episode 1. Of the major non-Roman Catholic denominations in the Western Church, only the Anglican still celebrates the three traditional Jessima Sundays, which are sandwiched between the end of Epiphany season and the start of Lent on Ash Wednesday. The Roman Catholic Church eliminated the season at the Second Vatican Council in 1979 A.D. In many modern Anglican parishes, the old tradition is no longer honored, and in many Anglican jurisdictions, ordinary green has replaced the traditional penitential purple as the liturgical color. There are three Jessima Sundays in order. They are Septuagesima, Sexagesima, and Quinquagesima. Jessima comes from the Latin Jessimus, which is roughly equivalent to the English extension tieth, as in twentieth. Technically, Septuagesima, from the Latin word for seven, or sept, should be the 70th day before Easter, sexagesima from the Latin word for six, the 60th day before Easter, and quinquagesima from the Latin word for 50, quinqua, the 50th day before Easter. A quick look at a calendar will show that none of these three traditional names is accurate. All three Jessima Sundays actually occur on movable dates. Septuagesima Sunday is always celebrated on the ninth Sunday before Easter, with the earliest possible date of January 18th and the latest February 22nd. Sexagesima Sunday is celebrated on the eighth Sunday before Easter, with the earliest possible date of January 25th and the latest February 28th or February 29th in leap years. Quinquagesima Sunday is celebrated on the 7th, Sunday before Easter, with the earliest possible date of February 1st 
and the latest Marsh VII. The true origin of these names is lost in the mist of time. However, there are two theories. According to some scholars, the confusion comes out of the Roman Church's habit of counting Sundays twice, making credible the system of 70, 60, and 50 days before Easter. The second theory is that in the same tradition, Sundays, Thursdays, and Saturdays were never to be fasting days and are changed in the count. The three Jessima Sundays offer a transition between the joyful manifestation theme of Epiphany and the more somber penitential theme for Lent. The Gospel readings for the first two of these three Jessima Sundays focus on the end of the age and the coming of judgment, which is a continuation of the themes for Fifth Sunday after the Epiphany and Sixth Sunday after the Epiphany. The first Sunday in the cycle is Septuagesimus Sunday. The epistle reading for Septuagesimus Sunday, 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, continues the prayer book cycle of Pauline homilies on the Christian virtues and the study discipline of Christian spirituality evident throughout the Sundays after the Epiphany. These same themes will appear again in the selection of epistle readings for Trinity season. The NKJV text used in these podcast homilies offers a less difficult text for modern ears than the King James Version text used in the 28th Book of Common Prayer. St. Paul counsels readers to understand that the, quote, race, unquote, of which he speaks in verses 24 and 25 is run for a spiritual, or in his words, imperishable, and not an earthly, again in his words, perishable crown. The imperishable crown is the salvation in God's heavenly kingdom offered to mankind through Jesus' propitiatory death upon the cross. The implication is that one should never let the race itself or one's status in it overshadow the deeper spiritual meaning of the pursuit of salvation. As expected from St. Paul, in verse 25, he advises moderation even in such a noble pursuit. Consistent with his teachings on overcoming bodily passion, he acknowledges in the final verse, verse 27, that even he suffered from the same temptation. The Gospel reading for Septuagesimus Sunday, Matthew 20, verses 1 to 16, is the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. This parable is not really about laborers' wages and has no parallel in the modern concept of wage negotiations. The message is neither legal nor contractual, but spiritual. In the parable, there are men who begin at the different, quote, hours, unquote, of the day. First hour, 6 a.m., third hour, 9 a.m., sixth hour, 12 noon, ninth hour, or about 3 p.m., and the eleventh hour, about 5 p.m. Each person agreed in advance to receive one denarius, or a penny in the Book of Common Prayer and King James texts, for their services. 
St. Matthew's account tells us in verses 11 and 12 what happened after the day was over, after the work was done, and after the wages were handed out. And when they had received it, they complained against the landowners, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden and the heat of the day. In Matthew 20, verses 11 and 12. When the landowner replied, he said to one of them in verses 12b to 15, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things? In this podcast homily, my focus is on how the apostles, especially St. Paul and the leaders of the early church, understood the identity of the players and the symbolism of the event. The initial laborers hired earliest are Israel, the chosen people of God. The contract for employment is the covenant offered to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and renewed later to King David. On these first two points, listen to St. Paul from Romans 9, verses 4 to 5a. Who are the Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises, of whom are the fathers and from whom, according to the flesh, Christ came? Those workers who came along later, near the eleventh hour, and who had been idle all day because, quote, no one hired us, may, quote, go into the vineyard and will get whatever is right, which is what they will receive, is interpreted as Gentiles, now offered salvation in the kingdom of heaven through the incarnation and the life, teachings, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. On this point, listen again to St. Paul in Romans 11, verses 16 to 17. For if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches were broken off, and you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them became a partaker of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Now here, St. Paul again from Ephesians 2, verses 13 to 15. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle veil of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. 
once again from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ through the Gospels. It is these same Gentiles to whom Jesus referred in verse 16, the last verse of the pericope, so the last will be first, and the first last, for many are called, but few are chosen. These verses from St. Matthew's Gospel are a message from Jesus Christ himself of a new dispensation to all, including the Gentiles. Combined with the writings of St. Paul, the principal missionary to the Gentiles, they tell the news that the divine mystery that so puzzled the Hebrews can now benefit both Jew and Gentile, equal heirs in the kingdom of heaven. Christians celebrate this expanded offer throughout Epiphany season in readings about several manifestations of Christ to the Gentiles. In practical terms, it is also a lesson for the modern church that the one who comes last to our congregations has the same opportunity for salvation as the one who came first. Therefore, we should welcome as equals those who came late, remembering at all times that the fact that they came is more important than the length of their involvement. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily for Septuagesima Sunday are from the AIC Bible Study video series New Testament Gospels. The parable of the laborers in the vineyard is discussed and illustrated in episode 6. The episode is linked from the Bible Study slash New Testament page at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. In the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, from the first series commemorating the 1928 Book of Common Prayer, Saints, St. Paul is the focus of Episode 5 and St. Matthew of Episode 14. From the second series, focused on other saints in the Western and Eastern Church traditions, Gregory the Great is the focus of Episode 14, Archbishop Cranmer is one of three Anglican martyrs, celebrated in episode 26. Episodes are linked from the digital library page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, St. Matthew's Treatment of the Parable of the Laborers in the Vineyard is discussed and illustrated in chapter 20 of the Gospel of Matthew, Annotated and Illustrated. In Christian Spirituality, an Anglican Perspective, you can read more about the spiritual discipline of Christian spirituality demonstrated in the life and writings of Archbishop Thomas Cranmer. Other topics include the development of personal prayer habits and four examples of apostolic wisdom from two pairs of saints, Peter and Paul, James and Jude. From Layman's Lexicon, See the entries for Heaven on pages 105 to 106, Judgment, pages 125 to 127, Kingdom, 127 to 129, Salvation, 196 to 197, Second Coming, 202 to 203, Spirituality, 213 to 214, and finally Virtues, pages 
234, and 235. All the AIC Bookstore publications are available using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net or directly through my Amazon Author Central page at https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen e hyphen Shibley. Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. The closing prayers are an Eastern Church devotion adapted from the Greek Septuagint translation of Psalm 69, verses 17 to 19, read in the Eastern Church at the start of Lent, and the Collect for Septuagesima Sunday, which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gregorian Sacramentary. Hear me, O Lord, for thy mercy is good. According to thy abundant compassion, look upon me. Turn not away thy face from thy child, for I am afflicted. Hear me speedily, draw near unto my soul, and deliver me. O Lord, we beseech thee favorably to hear the prayers of thy people, that we, who are justly punished for our offenses, may be mercifully delivered by thy goodness, for the glory of thy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.